Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Positional Sports Talk Show post, live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and our Positional Sports Talk Show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show made for the fans, from the perspective of fans, presented by lifelong sports fans. We will provide our opinions and positions on the hottest topics in sports this evening. My name is Big Reg. I'm joined by three of my partners in crime this evening. We got Ed in the building. What's going on, Ed? What's good, everybody? Good to see everybody. Uh, Professor Jay, thank you for blessing us today. Uh, Sense, good to see you as always. Mr. Brooks, and there you go, Big Reg. Let's do this. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Sense is in the building. What's going on, partner? How you feeling today? Feeling good. Feeling great. What's going on, fellas? Good to see all y'all in the place to be. Ready to talk some sports with y'all. Let's go. And last but definitely not least, Ladies and gentlemen, we have the birthday boy in the house today. What's going on, Professor? Happy birthday, my brother. Thank you, Big Reg. Thank you, Big Ed. Thank you, Sense. So glad to be here with you guys. Y'all know we're going to do it. Even though it's my birthday, I'm going to show out today. So let's praise the Lord. Let's get it. <laughs> let's get it. All right, we're going to do some quick hits. We got to go combat sports, man. Boxing, UFC, man. We had some good things going on this past weekend, and we got to get into that boxing. Uh, and then, I don't know about y'all, but that was the best weekend of NFL football oh, yeah. I think I've ever seen. The divisional rounds were bananas. So we're going to break mm -hmm. that down and talk about the conference championships and, of course, our final post of the evening. So, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy post on the Positional Sports Talk Show channel. Quick hits. Fellas, we got to say congrats to Kansas State center Aoki Lee. And, again, I said center. She set the NCAA Division I women's scoring record, scoring 61 points in – uh, to help get an upset win over number 14, Oklahoma, 94-65. So she scored 61 of their 94 points and just beasted. She went 23-30 field goals and hit 15 from 17 from the foul line. I mean, balling. Balling. When you usually hear about these records, you hear about a guard or a small forward or somebody shooting a bunch of threes and all that. She did all her work in the paint. <laughs> Man. Crazy. Um, to that add on be, to the that should, be, that should be a lesson to these dudes that every and these dudes and ladies that that want to shoot three after three after three. You don't have to shoot three. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, yeah. if you can't shoot, leave it alone. Leave it alone. Go and with what you know. Do it. And if you can be dominant in the paint, three. most players don't play good post defense anymore so you can get it on so also in the ladies congrats to Iowa's Caitlin Clark she also made history becoming the first NCAA basketball player male or female to have back-to-back -back 30 point triple doubles man she currently leads the division one ladies in scoring averaging 26.2 points a game and is very close to averaging a triple-double for the season. So these ladies are balling in the NCAA this year. Yes, they are, man. Beautiful thing to watch. Something that hurts a little bit, but got to give them props. We got to give congrats to Auburn University. Ugh. Their men's basketball team, for the first time ever, is ranked number one in the APP, AP polls this week. So mm -hmm. the home of Charles Barkley finally has a team. They've only lost one game this year, and they've been balling out their minds. So round amount of rebound. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Once this You're football learning. season is over and I can dig into this college basketball, it's going to be interesting. Speaking of college basketball, I don't know if you guys heard, uh, Dick Vitale announced that he will be off the sideline for the rest of the year at ESPN. Um, he had an early bout of cancer, which kept him off the sideline at the beginning of the season. He came back for like two weeks, and then his doctors told him he needed to uh, rest his vocal cords and things. So whatever's going on, it's in his throat. 
And last but not least, the Australian Open is in its second week. And one of the uh, old uh, guard, Rafael Nadal, reached the semifinals with his chance to break the tie with Federer and Djokovic to become the first male player with 21 Grand Slam champions. He's just two wins away. And for the Americans, Madison Keys reached her fourth Grand Slam semifinal yesterday and is looking for her first Grand Slam title. So those are the quick hits I got for you, uh, just to keep you up to date on some things that we don't really get deep into. Let's talk about some combat sports. <laughs> I want to start with boxing, and we got to talk about District Heights zone. We all live in the DMV area, um, PG County primarily, and Gary Russell Jr. is uh, – PG County native, PG County pride. He lost his WBC featherweight title this Saturday against Mark Maxayo, who's uh, uh, of the Philippines and is a Manny Pacquiao disciple. And that's his uh, idol and who's helping him with his uh, career, even his bo boxing out of the same wild card gym as Manny Pacquiao with the same trainers. Uh, Russell lost by majority decision, but the reason why he lost and he never should have fought this fight is right shoulder. He says he thinks he tore a tendon in his right shoulder halfway through the fourth round. He tried to throw a punch and the guy was ducking. So he tried to change the angle. And you can see him grimace. He almost went down, and he never threw another right for the rest of the fight. Mm -hmm. So literally, he fought from the middle of the fourth round through 12 rounds, fighting this guy with a left hand only. Wow. So then my question was for you, Big Reg, is then why would he say that um, – why would he say in, post, in the post-fight that, that it was politics that, that took his belts and not the injury? Because he thought he still beat the guy. It – I watched that fight um, the day after because I wanted to make sure DVR and plus I was watching the UFC, so I really wanted to watch it. He landed the more effective shots. He landed the more damaging shots. But the fact that he could only throw one hand and had to get at certain angles, he didn't throw as many shots. Yeah. One, one judge had it as a tie, and the other two judges basically had him lose the fight by one round. So even with one arm, he was in that fight. Okay, that's fair enough. But he that never is... should have taken a fight. I'm sorry, Sid. Okay. Um, I think the reason why he didn't postpone the fight, his father's been sick. Uh, his father's dealing with a bad uh, diabetes issue. They had to amputate one of his uh, feet. Mm -hmm. He's still having problems. His father was at the fight, but the doctors told him he shouldn't go. So I think he wanted to make sure that his father was able to be in his corner with him at least one more time because he didn't know what the future had for his dad. And in the last two years, he lost his younger brother too. Yeah. So sad. It's sad. But maybe this will help make him get this get to surgery, to repair the injury. He said he's been dealing with the injury for years, but it's never gotten as bad. He injured it two weeks before the fight, and he went on this. He's a warrior stuff and all that, and so I went back out, That never, never works out. It never works. <laughs> yeah, and I was just going to say that it seems like that is always a theme for these boxers, like getting, like, that shoulder injury. And, like, if, if I wish there was a way to, like, prevent that, maybe better training – you know, to kind of, you know, make that shoulder stronger, you know, I, I don't know. But it just always seems like, to, you know, that's uh, uh, the case with these boxers, especially when they lose. They always, you know, want to say, oh, you know, yeah, I injured my uh, shoulder, uh, you know, training for the fight, a la Pacquiao, when he yeah. fought Mayweather said he tore his uh, rotator cuff. So I just yeah. find that kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, but unlike Pacquiao, who was still throwing his right hand in the fight against Mayweather, you literally saw Gary Russell literally not throw another right hand. He would paw with it to kind of 
get some rage, but he never threw another punch with that right hand. Mm-hmm. And how are you supposed to fight an undefeated world class fighter with one arm? It's Literally, he did it. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. So, so he says he's going to get healthy and he wants a rematch and he wants his title back. So, and he was the longest reigning champion in boxing before this defeat. He had had his title for six years. Wow. Best wishes to you, you know, homeboy. Hope you get, you know, get back right and uh, get back into the ring and uh, reclaim. Yeah. His two brothers are supposed to have upcoming fights soon, uh, Gary Antoine and Gary Antonio, um, and they are two young prospects that uh, look real good, so <laughs> it's a family thing. So The name and the fight game. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's like the foreman's. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's talk about UFC 270. UFC 270 was very, very interesting. The headline fight was, of course, the heavyweight championship of the world. The interim champ, Cyril Gagne of France, was taking on Francis Ngannou, the actual champion who missed about a year after he won the title, uh, some say it was partially injury. Some say it was because he was celebrating whatever. So we're gathered. They were finally going to unite and figure out who the actual heavyweight champion is. And the backstory to it was both of these guys at one point were sparring partners with each other in the same gym in France that both get them their starts in MMA. And now Ngannou's moved to Las Vegas. Gagne's still in France. So there's some bad blood between the two camps. And you see these two big guys, Gagne weighed in at 6'4", 245, and Ganu weighed in at 6'6", 256. You figure somebody going to sleep. (laughs) Man. And Gagne, for the first two rounds, was putting it to Ganyu. He was moving around, hitting them. Tapping him, kicking him, using his kickboxing background because Gagne was a former uh, multi-time kickboxing champion before he turned to MMA, and he was dominating the fight for two rounds. And Gagne went to the corner at the end of the second round, and they told him, look, you need to get close to this guy and get him. And out of the blue, Francis Ngannou has learned how to grapple. He actually was able to, start in the third round, grab Gagne, pick him up, body slam him, and get top position and literally grappled him for the last three rounds and beat him on the mat, something he had never done before. So it, it, it was yeah. crazy. So I'm going to be honest. I was uh, watching the fight. I was, like, in and out of sleep. And what I from what I saw out of it, from it, rather, um, it was a lot of, you know, kind of like little trying to throw jabs in there until, like you said, and Ganu finally, you know, had him on the uh on the uh mat, you know, and and and, and, and pinned him down. So right. I was like, okay, because I didn't know what was going uh who was gonna be the victor out of that one because it just didn't seem like they were landing uh for the most part. Yeah, there were no big shots landed, especially on the feet, but it, it was just strange that a fight that everybody was saying either Ngannou was going to knock Gagne out clean like he's been knocking everybody else out up to this fight because he had 16 wins in the UFC, all 16 by knockouts. Or Gagne was going to dance and use his quote-unquote superior technique and his kickboxing skills to dominate the fight from the feet. But and Francis showed him something new, and they was not expecting it because you could see when Gagne got took down the first time, he was on his back. He's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In the co-made event, uh, Davidson Figueroa uh, regained his flyweight title, beating Brandon Moreno. Uh, unanimous decision. It was 48-47 on all three cards. This was a good bout. Um Moreno landed more strikes 
but Figueroa landed the heavier blows. He also had one more takedown, and I think that's what gave him the decision. But, uh, fellas, these guys have fought three times already. The first was a draw. The second one, Moreno took Figueroa's belt. The trilogy, Figueroa gets his belt back from Moreno. So I think we need to have a fourth to finally break this tie. Which all think? Right. Yeah, it's only right. You got to. You got to. You know, you can't declare a, a true uh, victor from it and, until that uh, until that happens. So I'm all for it. Yeah. And, I mean, Moreno was the first Mexican UFC title holder, so I'm sure that Dana White is going to try his best, you know, to get that worked out again because Brazil's had many uh, title holders, and that's what Figueroa is, but he's really trying to tap into that Mexican market. But what I really want to talk about in UFC, and it pains me because Professor and I have been given Dana White a whole lot of props and the way he handled things through the beginning of COVID and throughout COVID and how he makes sure that the best fighters fight the best fighters most of the time and just moving UFC to where it was a fringe sport to now it competes with boxing very well and it's one of the top money uh, generating sports in all of the world. What he did Saturday after the Francis Ngannou fight was disrespectful. If you watch any UFC title fight, if Dana's in the house, Dana puts the strap on the champion. The only time that hasn't happened is when the women's title fight just happened and he happened to have Holly Berry, who's a big UFC, UFC fan, and he let Holly put the belt around the ladies' champion, but he was standing right beside her. He did not even go into the ring after Ngannou won. And then he left the arena and didn't go to the post-fight press conference. All because Ngannou has said he's not fighting under his current contract anymore unless they sweeten the deal because he's been the champion and he needs to get more money. So what's your thoughts on that and how Dana White, Dana White handled the situation? Um, when I first heard of this, like I, I, I just wanted to know the the um backstory of it uh but now that you explain it so it was just contract and contract only that's causing this beef between uh dana and francis or is it something uh more deep than that from what i understand it's not only the, his current contract but also francis even after the fight has stated when he went to that gym in france he went to that gym <clears throat> to actually box and they talked him into doing MMA. So he said before he gets too old, he wants to try professional boxing. Okay. Okay. And I'll guess who he, Go ahead. And he's been talking to the new king of celebrity boxing. Oh, Mr. Paul. <laughs> who Dana White hates with a passion because his executive, his advisor and executive vice president and um, co-founder um, of his promotional company, uh, uh, Paul's company, is a former UFC top guy. Oh. So the thing is, is that the way I'm, the way I see it is, I think, I think Dana has to be a better businessman because as much as we praise Dana as far as far as the things that you know, giving us the fights we want, uh, not making us wait forever having the fighters actually fight instead of two or three years down the road when they're washed up. So for all the good that he's, that he's done for UFC and combat sports fans, he has to separate the, his, he has to separate his personal feelings from his business side. And it sounds like this is, this was a almost like, almost like on a petty level. Yeah. Um, th that's what it sounds like the way you describe it. And if and if that's the case, then 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 all the praise that we give him, we also have to be critical of him because, hey, this man wants you know, if he if this opportunity presents itself, then he needs to, you know, he needs to um, uh, allow these fighters to to do their thing instead of 
you know, trying to control the entire situation. And again, we want we want a central figure in, in UFC obviously has one and we want one in boxing. But then this is the this is the ugly side of it when there's no there's no opportunity for, you know, movement and you have to, you know, face or have the scorn of uh, be scorned by Dana White and his boys. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> y'all know we speak very intelligently on this show. We're very well informed. This right here just goes back to every other issue that we have between owner and athlete whenever the owner ownership does not have full control or cooperation of the athlete. I won't go as far as to say the slave mentality to the master, but in this case, you have someone who wants to have all the control. They want to have all the say. How dare this athlete try to tell me how to run my business? How dare this athlete try to call me out? Well, we know how Dana gets gets petty when people call him out. We've seen that throughout the years of UFC, you know, pick a fighter, you know, major fighter that's reached the top of the rung and they want a better deal. And this is the type of attitude that Dana pushes forth. You know, we we can certainly separate giving him kudos for being the businessman he's been during the COVID pandemic. But then look at it from the standpoint of a man that if he doesn't have complete control of his employee or his athlete, then now he wants to act a fool. Then when you throw in the fact that there's some talk about boxing and then some camaraderie with someone that he can't stand, then you throw that piece into it as well. For me, if 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 you want to be the, the flagship sport, you want to show that you do things differently, these are the WWE backdoor boxing things that you can't do because mm-hmm. now you're the face of your sport and now you're showing that you're actually not that much better than the other people that run the mm-hmm. sport. You just did it in a different way that made you more money and put more butts into the seats. So for this particular uh, issue here, I mean, it's not too late for him to fix it. You know, I I really wish that, you know, he would address it in a way where everybody can win and get it without it becoming messy. But now that it's going down this road, who knows what it might end up being. But, yeah, he's wrong in this situation. It's very petty. You know, it's, it's terrible that something like that overshadows a great fight and a great victory. Uh, because of his behavior in this particular situation. Well said. Well said. Mm-hmm. And now there's a special clause in all the UFC contracts called the champion clause. So this was supposed to be Ngannou's last fight on his UFC contract. But because he won and he's still a champion, that locks you in for either two more fights or at least a year. Whichever comes first. See, that's that old, that's that boxing stuff. That I was about to say, that's bogus. Yeah, yeah right. that's bogus. Right, right. That's that Bob Aram, Don King stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, so we will see. And Ganu said he tore his MCL in training and still fought. So I can see him saying he got to get surgery and got to get his knee repaired and try to wait out the clock. Unless they pay him what he wants. So. Right. How That's convenient. smart. That's smart. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got game the system and do what you got to do. Tick tock. Tick tock. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. Let's go ahead and talk about what excited everybody around Ooh. the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that bread, man. That bread. Crazy. <laughs> But then, uh, but then we didn't I say last week was trash. Remember I said yeah, that. You oh, said, absolutely. You that said wild card we got to eliminate. It, 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 this, yeah. it, this weekend proved that last weekend is for not. It's, it's, it's a waste of time. So that's just my little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But teams need last week so they can hang their little division winner banner. Like if you talk to the Cowboys fans, you know they they still <laughs> proud. They get to hang yeah, a banner won the even NFC though they got embarrassed at home, right? <laughs> Before we get into the games, a couple of major stories. The New York Giants hired uh, former Bills assistant GM Joe Schoen as a new GM Friday. Uh, rumors are that uh, Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable, uh, a former Alabama assistant, 
is a leading candidate to join him in New York as the new head coach and possibly also bring Bill's QB coach along with them to be the new offensive coordinator. So if that happens, not only does the Giants get some good people, that's going to have a direct effect on the Bills because Dave Ball's the man who basically has helped Josh Allen get to this next level. So, Mm -hmm. Big Ridge, I'm – I mean, I know we're just touching on it, but I'm getting angry all over again because we know what's happening out in Denver right now. There's not a mm-hmm. black face being considered for the head coach and the front office jobs out there. Now we got this stuff happening in New York. And it's like we, we keep allowing this cycle to just repeat itself. And then so many pundits out there who have a hotter mic than we have, nobody is really saying anything about this stuff. Because no. they want to keep they want to keep that hot mic like we don't have it. So. Well, there is one person. There is one. We yeah, talk one. about it a lot. Yeah, yeah. One. Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith does talk about one. it. I give his props on that. Right. That is the one, one issue he is right. steadfast on. But yeah. And right. I actually was gonna save that part for what you mentioned. Um because for the post, uh, yeah, takes, but that, that just got got me hot under yeah. the college. It's I mean, because you've never heard day. of a day ball, like even them reaching out to. I mean, how long has Lewis Riddick been waiting for a GM job? Long time. I mean, long yeah. time. Yeah, and, and supposedly uh, Chicago is narrowing in in final negotiations to hire their new GM, which is uh, oh, uh, it's, uh, it's, that, it's the it's the bum from um. Um, is it Green Bay? No, not Green Bay. Um, um, he was supposed to. He was interviewing for that Giants job oh, when they gave it. He's, to, the, um, he's the he's the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas play- City Chiefs yeah. uh, head of yeah, player. I heard that today. I think yeah. Bowles is his last name. Yeah. Uh There looks like there may be one minority GM. Supposedly, the Minnesota Vikings um, top choice was the guy. It looks like scary get the Chicago job and another uh, gentleman don't have his ha- name right off, but um, I believe he's a, a, a black. I'm not sure which nationality. His last name is Mensa, I believe it is. So we, like we will said, see. I think, I think Pittsburgh is going to end up with one. We, we, we keep it receipts. So. We keep it yeah. receipts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the surprise of the day, head coach Sean Payton Step down I as the coach of the All New Orleans Saints. All that going through in New Orleans, yeah. But what you think he's gonna get in Dallas? I don't think I don't think he's going to Dallas. Yeah, at least not so. right away. He just got married. Uh, this is either his second or third marriage, uh, so I think he's going to enjoy some married time. Get a, a plush, Big five way. to seven million dollar <laughs> job on TV. And then after mm-hmm. a year and after he's bored, then he'll, he'll decide where he's going to go. You, as much as Jerry Jones is in love with this dude, you don't think he's going to try to back up that yacht filled with money to try to get him to come right away? Because right now he can't stand his current head coach. I was going to say, but one thing, one thing the other day, just like getting behind McCarthy saying that, oh, we're going, you know, yeah, well, I'm absolutely sure McCarthy's going to be on. If he can't get his his love affair to come to Dallas, then he'll stick with that dude. But I'm telling you, mm-hmm. he going to try. He going to try. Big Ranch, I, I can't agree, though, with what you said. It was a shock. I don't, I don't think it was a shock. Because if you look at if you look at these head coaches, right, and and there's there are exceptions. There's there's exceptions. But when you start talking about longest tenured coaches, you figure a lot of times these long tenured coaches. I'm talking about. Okay, currently it's Belichick, Tomlin, because we took Peyton out. Well, Peyton, you was the number two t- tenured coach. So, so you say Belichick, uh, uh, Peyton, Tomlin, Harbaugh, <laughs> Carroll. But these guys are attached to quarterbacks. So Drew Brees leaves, and this, you know, he did. You know, he had a couple life changing events. You're still dealing with the pandemic because you really are. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's New Orleans, so you know that's a that's an interesting city, um, to say the least. Um, again, life changing events. You lose your quarterback. I'm telling you, it's just not. I, I I don't think it was a coincidence that okay, he's like, well, my man's not here. 
you know, I'm I'm kind of looking regular right now. Let me let me, let me step back. <laughs> time to bounce, right? Let me step back. Yeah. For and then you know, because absence makes the heart grow fonder. So he could step aside. New Orleans will go into tank. Sorry, uh, Professor. They'll go. Into oh, oh, I'm officially out now. Oh, okay. <laughs> you I, I didn't know it was that easy. No, no, no. You knew, y'all knew that Drew Brees was my man since I, he was a boiler maker. So when he retired, I'm, I was in a wait and see mode. Now, I like Jameis now. Y'all see what I put out there. Jameis the mm -hmm. Washington need to be in full effect now. But now that Peyton is gone, and if he end up being a cowboy, ugh, nah, I'm done. I'm done with mm -hmm. New Orleans. Well, all I'm saying is yeah. I think that, you know, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I think Mike has a different type of pressure now because he's the flagship. Uh, he's the flagship coach right now. Black coach. Right. There, there are no others. Um, so I think that his his situation is a lot different because but I do think that it's it might be, you know, 15 years. That's a that's a good run. Yeah, you know, that's, that's true. That's a long One time. Place, long yeah. Won a Super Bowl at, in the process. And, and look at Andy Reid. Andy Reid, you know, talk talk what you want, say what you want about you know Donovan, and you know maybe the last two years of, of Vic. But once once that once his quarterbacks you know was exhausted, he was like, and you know Philly got it was time to go. Mutually agreed, I believe. He moved on, specifically found his quarterback, and now he's right back being great again. Actually, he's never been this great in, in his whole life. So. I just think speaking that of, uh, it's not it's not a coincidence. Speaking of old Andy Reid, since you brought up his name, he is the first coach ever to take two different teams to four straight conference championship games. Mm -hmm. Big Andy. He did it with the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Which was a miracle. In the early 2000s, and now he's doing it again with Kansas City. And in Kansas City, not only did they make the four championship games, all four were at home. At home, <laughs> like dude. Yeah, and that that wasn't no miracle. He he had some offensive uh, juggernaut teams with McNabb and yeah, Westbrook like, I, and all them cats. But huh? but he but he had a, he had he had an average quarterback though. Donovan was playing Ooh. higher than average oh, when he yeah. played for Philly. Right, See, right. now you you going, going to Washington. We gonna go down that tangent. We gonna go down that tangent. We gonna leave that alone. We gonna leave, leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers uh, hinted after their losses Good. about <sighs> retirement. But what really caught my attention was Tom Brady then went. And after saying he hadn't thought about it at the post-game conference, his next day on his podcast that he has, he went into detail that the, it wasn't his decision, it was his family's decision, and that his wife hates seeing him get hit now and has oh, concerns. Yeah, yeah so he I got think, his mouth bloodied. <laughs> Bob Miller popped him. Giselle I think was Brady's like, oh, no. done. Yeah, I think Brady's stuff. done, fellas. <laughs> and Rodgers, I think he's playing an angle, but I think Brady's done. What's your thoughts? Giselle was like, bring your butt now. Nah, your, your time is up, uh, partner. Come on. I, I don't think he's on. done. I think your husband I, and a father. I don't think he's done. I think he's like you you either Todd Bowles or me. <laughs> you think that's a power play, huh? And if they get rid of Todd Bowles for him, they some new kind of stupid over there. New fools, yeah. Because he's oh, not winning another Super Bowl. That that's clear. Let's that, that's that's get that out. There are better teams for NFC supremacy teams. that will beat the Bucks. You know they might mm -hmm. be there in the dance, but they're done. They got an aging Gronk who probably be, is ready to retire as soon as Brady says the word. No AB who knows how um, Godwin is going to come back after his injury. And Mike Evans is still pretty decent, but they getting long in the two. If they don't show up their cornerbacks, they got great linebackers in a line, but their secondary is some trash. They don't yeah, do anything but, there, they're in trouble. But Todd Bowles didn't help when he was when he chose to blitz the cornerback and, and leave a, a safety alone on the best wide receiver in the NFL. How that's not corner that's freaking cup. <laughs> yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about that game. I mean, first and foremost, the Rams should have blown yes, they Tampa should. Bay. Out in that game, Fumble. agreed. Agreed. They should have never let them back in the game. Too yes. many fumbles, man. Tampa Bay was missing their starting center, 
and a right tackle. And we talked about it the week before that that offensive line was going to be a problem. And as you said, Von mm-hmm. Miller and them boys was hitting Tom Brady, and Tom Brady did not like that at all. No. So, I mean, mm-hmm. freaking the <laughs> he Rams. Got that were up. personal foul penalty. Yeah. I was about to say, that's he, the first time. was like, who yeah. you talking to? Yeah, he cussed out a referee <laughs> doing the game. Come on. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> do Hockley like that. Fault. That was Tom's fault for uh, bragging for so long, talking about, you know, basically he could do whatever he wants, and the refs pretty much. Uh, but he's been getting it. away with it. He's yeah, getting away with it. Not that, not, that, not that night. <laughs> so, the Rams go up 23 at halftime. 27 to 3 in the third quarter and allow Tampa Bay to score 24 unanswered points to tie this game up, mainly because of four fumbles. Yeah, that was so, ridiculous. That, that that was a crazy game. Well, at least Stafford got the monkey off his back of not being able to win playoff games. Yeah, Stafford played extremely well, and people had to eat crow because they didn't think that he would. He played extremely well. But I just think they – they look, I guess they did have – I think one – I think Whitworth was the only player that wasn't able to go for the Rams. And, again, I I, I think that, you know, had these had the injury situation been a little different, we probably would have saw a different outcome. And I know it was Tampa was very fortunate because Brady was getting tagged in the first. They, they were saying, like, you know, I was looking at the game and it was like, okay, well, Brady's having a bad game. He's not having a bad game. He's getting hit. Right. It's a difference. <laughs> it's a difference. Yeah. So, the thing that I didn't like about the game, and the, to me this is what led to the fumbles, is that Sony Michelle was your bell cow. I know Akers was back. But I always tell y'all guys, the guy that comes back his first game, don't think he's 100% just because they tell you he's coming off injury and he's healthy. He That's fumbled twice, right? And yep. Sony Michelle hardly got any run, and I, th- I thought that was a big mistake in that game. I thought that at least it should have been more 50-50 with him being able to carry that rock and being able to do things. They were bringing him in just on third down, and I thought that was disrespectful. And then Sean Sean McVay changed his play calling in the second half. So that made me mad because it's like you got a coach. How your coach going to be like, oh, we got this? Didn't you see what happened to Shanahan in the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. against Atlanta? You cannot take your foot off of Tom Brady's neck. You can't do it. Never. Never. But as, as Ed said earlier, how in the heck you let Cooper Cup burn you for nine catches and 183 yards? It's Cooper Cup. He's been doing if, it all year, Big Ray. I understand. But if you're going to get beat, he can't, he, he can't be the one to beat you. Uh-huh. The secondary some you. trash. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Not only did he beat you, but he was a man that caught the two passes that allowed him to drive yeah. the length of the field to right. set up the game with a field goal. Come on, uh-huh. man. Hey. All I can tell you, could could you stop Jerry Rice? No. I don't care who you put on him. Could you stop Michael Irvin? No. In those ball and game time situations, the best wide receivers make stuff happen. And he made it happen. Well, see, I just gotta say and this is but these are the problems that I have. So we had supreme this we had supreme games from Saturday to Sunday. But as a as a as a sports junkie, as a football junkie, I'm looking at the game. So as great as they are, they were also, to me, I saw flaws everywhere as far as coaching decisions. Some mm-hmm. of them, better, some, yeah. some of them got away. Some yeah. of them got away with these bad decisions. Some of them did not. So, you know, it, it was, it was difficult. It was, it was difficult for me to actually enjoy the games because I, I just, I was looking at it. I was try, probably being too critical <laughs> and I was should have just I should have just watched the game, but I can't watch foot. I just can't watch football games. Yeah, we we can't watch it like that, Ed. We we just have a different level, man. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of coaching mile practice, what happened in the Cincinnati Bengals and Titans oh. game? Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. I mean, talk about coaching. Yeah, going back to Prof's point about like, yeah, Derrick Henry came back, but Deontay right. Foreman was right. like, right. Was, Thank you. Right. Yeah. Case in point. No, but and I love Vrabel. I think Vrabel. I've said it on the show. I think Vrabel is a great head, not a good. I think he's a great head coach. But he made a critical error 
after the first Tannehill interception. He should have walked over to his offensive coordinator <laughs> and said, if you let him throw one more football. I agree with you. I agree with you. You can't even don't even you. I'm sending you home right now. Tannehill. Yes, he lost the game. But you know he's incapable of winning a game. Dude, so that I don't was know the why most maddening game. His hand. And then to your point, Professor, why would you run Derrick Henry? Because I remember I came in, when I came in a little, a little I was like, well, is right. Derrick running? Well, I seen Derrick Henry. I've been watching Derrick Henry since, since he was a freshman at Alabama. And I've never seen him get tackled by a cornerback. Ever. Right. Never. Right. And I was like, what? Why is he? Clearly he wasn't healthy. But again, these are the administrative decisions that these coaches make that cost teams. Many of these players have bonuses, money tied into victories, cost these 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 players games and checks. So, right. yeah, and even when he he was shoestring tackled by the corners, when they stuck to the run, it was working. I did not understand why they inexplicably. Well, um, uh. Henry has some decent runs in there too. I just thought they shouldn't have ran him so much, but the yeah, run was working. And then yeah. it's like you could have set up the play action, but when they set up the play action, he had AJ Brown wide open for a touchdown and overthrew him. Like that was another big difference in the game. So yeah, he should have jacked the offensive coordinator up because I just couldn't understand why they kept going so far away from the run and trying to force the ball down the field. And then when it was third and half a yard, you do a felt. They do a QB run, <laughs> QB yes. option run. Oh, Instead of giving it to Henry, yes. he loses a half a yard. Do you want to give it to Henry on fourth down when yeah. everybody know who gets? They the knew ball. it. Yeah, it was crazy. They had that ten was, in the box. That's what I'm saying. That was uh-huh. But we got to get props on the other side. Yeah, Joe Burrow. I've been talking Jack about Pop, the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is a bad dude. That oh, yeah. man got mm-hmm. beat up in that game. Sat nine times. Nine times, yeah. Hit almost 20 times during that game. Kept getting up. You never saw him complaining, and he kept slaying it. He didn't know a touchdown, right. but he kept moving his team yes. in position yeah. so that their rookie kicker, who they call Money Mac, was able to kick four field goals, including the game winner. And the, the a rookie kicker told the backup QB, before he went on the field to kick that last field goal, he did a practice kick, looked at his foot. He said, yeah, I guess we're going yeah. to the yeah. AFC Championship He sure did. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. Love it. I he love sure it. That's did. one thing I want to say about uh, Burrow. He's like long gone um, other days when we used to clown Cincinnati for not being able to win a playoff game in the Marvin Lewis era. This man has come in, brought a new identity. Like he has, he's especially like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised. You know, I knew we were going to get hit. We yeah, but hold, 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 hold on. I, I will give Burrow credit. He took a, a beating. And, again, that's another reason why Tannehill got, has to, he has to go. You can't sack a quarterback nine times and lose. You, yeah, you rarely – yeah, they showed the statistic. Yep, you don't win. Excusable. But to say the lovable Bengals, they couldn't do it. You know, I hate the, I hate that narrative since when they say, well, Marvin Lewis couldn't win. You know, he, he took him one and done or even if he got to the playoffs because he had Andy Dalton and Burrow is light years. Like, uh-huh, yeah, it's not but even. You know, the was making that point. Mr. Smith, oh, always clowning the Bengals and Marvin Lewis for, uh, for not being able to win a playoff game, saying he should have been fired. Yeah, it but you know why Marvin couldn't win a playoff game? He couldn't control his locker room, man. He, and he the organization just, was had, cheap. Yeah, they he just had too many issues. You had the domestic violence stuff, the young man that got killed, falling off the back of the truck. You brought in mm-hmm. Pac-Man Jones, Vontez Burfick. I mean, cats like that, he just had character issues all over that team. But back to this game, we can't give Burrow props without mentioning uh, Mixon, without mentioning uh, Chase. Um, Chase. 
and that without mentioning uh Higgins because they balled out because players got to play and they stepped up they made the catches they made the runs and then I remember telling you guys back in preseason when they came and they played Washington and I just made a specific comment just about their defense I was like Cincinnati's defense is the truth mm-hmm. you know nope. they didn't really play any of their starters on the offensive side but I was like if this defense plays like this during the year they're gonna make some noise and, and here we are further yeah. proving my point that yeah. like i mean shoot and somebody had mentioned this in the um telecast like you know that burrow's gonna go to chase and there still ain't nothing you can do about it like yeah but then he <laughs> hey, switched man. it up and hit higgins right yeah just like yeah. boom take that yeah and if they fix that offensive line they're gonna be a problem yeah, now I'm not going to I'm not going to say they have a great defense because this is not really a true representation of a football team. When they beat when they beat Kansas when they beat Kansas City again, but they've already beat Kansas City once. Right in, in Cincinnati. When they beat, but but still they beat them. So when if they beat Kansas City again, then I hey, but I actually want Cincinnati to win Super Bowl now. But I have selfish reasons too. for that. Okay. Oh God! All right, let's talk about the dud on Saturday. The Green Bay Packers win the toss, get the <laughs> opening kickoff, go straight down the field on the 49ers and score in like three and a half, four minutes. I'm like, oh, this might be a blowout. The last score you saw. They score again to the fourth quarter, and then they <laughs> score a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy G tried to give him the game, too. I mean, yeah. talking about coaching game plans, I mean, Shanahan kind of learned from his Man, mistakes. How yeah. y'all, y'all got rid of Shanahan? Yeah. Yeah. D'Amico Ryan, though, the defense coordinator for the 49ers, to make the adjustment after that first drive when they just basically got blitzed down the field and to shut them out. And then he started hitting, hitting your boy A Rod. And when Rodgers gets hit, he don't yeah. like it. Nope. He, he he's starting to look to me a little bit like Eli Manning started to look before his last like two or three years where he wouldn't be touched anymore. <laughs> you touch Rogers and he he like, oh yeah, we we done with this. But uh how did the 40 how did the Packers allow the 49ers to come into Green Bay Minus beat nine them defense. in the snow. Defense. We've seen it before, 13-10. We've seen it before. Man. The Giants, although that's a little, that's their, their cold weather team. But still, Eli, this, this quarterback you talk about, went to Green Bay and came out of victor, victorious on their way to the Super Bowl. And I believe that's the year they beat the undefeated. Tom Brady. Tom yeah, Brady. I could be wrong. So we've seen this before, but Aaron Rodgers, look, I, I always say this. I know I, I'm being a homer. If Big Ben wouldn't have threw a pick six, we lost by five that Super Bowl. Right. Aaron Rodgers would have never had a Super Bowl. Right. But, again, that's the game. But Aaron Rodgers, for all the accolades he get, multi-MVPs, multi you know, TV, you know, kind of reminds me of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, you know, hey, let's call it what it is. Peyton Manning had that one lone ring, and then it was a, it was, it was nothing until he got Vaughn Miller, until he, yeah. until he moved on and 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 handed off the ball pretty much. So in a super in the Super Bowl, not during the regular season. Yeah. So, yeah. It just is a glaring stain <clears throat> on uh, a Rod's legacy, in my opinion, because you had all that like you know, drama going on, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, it's, you know, all about, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Oh, he's having a spectacular season. Oh man, another MVP. And then to come here with all the odds were in your favor and you just like, you, you wet the bed. That's, I think that's going to I mean, the only score 10 points, he's going to yeah. probably be the MVP of the league for back-to-back seasons. If it's not going to be him, it's gonna to be Tom Brady, and both of them got sent home. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's he's that type of cat. I think he put more stock into being petty, you know, off the field, his struggles with the ownership and everything. And then when it came to being on the field, I think he orchestrates things where if he's not the center of attention, then it doesn't run the way that it should. 
many times that night they pointed out how if somebody dropped the ball somebody fumbled he went away he from went th- yeah he would right. throw the ball to him right and i get it that that's your boy you know adams is your boy and everything but somebody should have knocked him upside his head and said this is a playoff game you don't lose this like a regular season game and then you come back next week you gotta really use your other players that's what i like about what brady did in his comeback what you saw with joe burrow i mean they gotta spread the ball around look this is time for you to make a name for yourself. The boy that scored four touchdowns and broke Jerry Rice's record. I mean, he was the one that was open. You got can't worry about Stefan Diggs. You got to hit the open man. They got to make the plays. In this game, Rodgers kept forcing the ball to Adams. And that's partly why they lost this game, because he got in his head. Oh, you dropping stuff. Oh, you fumbling. I'm going to go to my boy. And that that's to their detriment. His coach let him do it. His arrogance is the reason why he only has one Super Bowl ring. There you go. And what happened to uh, Cobb? Where, where, where was Cobb in the game? He, I think he was so only targeted once or twice. That's the, the thing. dude that you he, fought so hard for to, right, come, to, to bring right, on the team. Right. But you to, know, we to, have to illustrate fight. that point real quick, Ed, now I'll let you go. He had 20 completions. Nine of them went to Devontae Adams, and nine of them went to running back Aaron Jones. Check come that. on now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think it's time that we start realizing and questioning his, the, the division that affords him to get the first. The exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You no, know, exactly. you played Chicago twice. Yes. You played Detroit yes. twice. And you played Minnesota twice. And, for, and let's be honest. Yeah. Like the be, NFC East. That should be six wins. Right. So, yeah. dub right there. You know, mm-hmm. so let's, you know, hey, it, you know, yeah. they're home. So, so San Francisco got the benefit of being in the best division in football. They embarrassed two teams that won these cupcake divisions. And they also hats off to the 49ers special teams coaching. They saw the flaw in Green Bay, which allowed them to block a field goal and then block a punt in the same game and scoop the punt up and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So yeah, shout one out quick, quick, 49 yeah. One last question, fellas, that I want to uh, pose to y'all. Do you think he stays or does or does he uh, look for greener pastures? I think he gone. He going to try to manipulate the situation. If yeah. he doesn't like what they're saying, then he going to try to force his way out. But we will see. Now you want him on your Steelers, Ed? No, we already got problems. You might as well well go go young. We already got problems. Let's talk about the game of the weekend. And those other three games, all games came down to last last second field goals to win the game with less than three seconds on the clock. And they weren't the best game of the weekend because the best game of the weekend was Sunday night. Chiefs Bills. Overtime. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna just let y'all go from there. Y'all tell me what y'all thought about that. I mean, you can't you can't say anything bad about either team. I mean, Josh Allen, that boy good. Like, I, I to- he bold. That, that, that boy good. He bold. Yes. Josh he Allen is the best bold. quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Yo, I think we found our new Brady Manning rivalries. Definitely but, Allen and Mahomes now. But his coaching staff let him down. Majorly, they I I can name at least three, maybe four, make critical critical points in that game that his coaching staff let him down. But again, you playing the, I mean Mahomes and I and I used and I said this. Remember we were talking about early in the season when Mahomes and KC looked kind of off, and we were like, and I was like, I think they're bored because. They're, they know they know when when and how when they turn it switch on. And turn, they on switch. Because when they hit that on switch, cheetah. <laughs> yeah, he a cheat code. He a cheat. When he caught that pass across the middle and hit that sideline, he gave a guy. I'm surprised he didn't get a taunting call. I'm he should have got a taunting call for I that. But he gave a DP that was five yards in front of him and had the angle, the peace sign, yeah. and kept it moving. That's crazy. Sure did. And when it mattered, Kelsey is there, yeah. dude. Yes, because we, is, we just man. talked about it. Two two throws to Cooper Cup at the end of the game. Kelsey caught that big jump, oh, got him in field goal right yeah, field I'm goal like, goal the game went a touchdown. But he's a, he's, Kelsey he's abused you all the way. This is in overtime. Mm. Kelsey abused you. The entire defense, by the way, 
I'm going to quit. Let's stop doing this number one defense and stats crap. Because <laughs> if that was the number one defense, if the Bills had yeah. a number one defense, there's something categorically wrong with that. There is no way that was the number one. I don't. Did Mahomes get hit? I don't think he got hit one time. If he did, I missed it. Not much. They harassed him, but not I much. swear, it was like schoolyard football, man. My goodness. Like, the way Mahomes was throwing passes, it's, it's like he was just having fun the whole time. Never, never, like, never got scared, never got worried. He was just like, okay. But what impressed me the most about the game, even though Josh was let down by his coaching staff, particularly his defensive staff, what impressed me about Josh Allen, and I guess the entire offensive unit of, of the Buffalo Bills, is I don't know if people understand how much pressure it is. That stadium is probably the loudest stadium. Loud, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, it's yeah. not even a dome. It's probably the loudest. Yeah. And to it play goes under, back and forth. I think Seattle and them go back and forth with who's but, the loudest. But the but but pr- your your prime time, the nation's watching. It, it, the fans are going crazy, and you're you. I mean, and he's dropping dimes, and the players are actually making plays because we all you always remember, it's not only the quarterback. You have to. Everyone has to be in tune. You you have you need your offensive line. You need your running backs to block. And, and Gabriel Davis, the young wide receiver, put on the show. Man. Eight yeah. catches, 201 yards, four TDs, playoff mm-hmm. record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They were balling. Both of them was going back and forth. When they when the Bills scored the last time in the fourth quarter with 13 seconds left. I thought it was over. And Allen was hugging Gabriel. He was like, yeah, we yeah. did it. We going to the – Yeah, Andy Reid's face was priceless. He was stunned. Mahomes <laughs> was like, hold my beer. Why don't you? Why don't you? Swib, why don't you swivel it and, and force them to field the ball? Right. Again, that, a, that's a what they should have. Decision. Yep, a that's poor coaching decision. Have. But they didn't think Mahomes was able to do what he did. And he, he went bang team. bang. But you heard what you heard what Andy Reid told him, right? He was like, "When things get rim, get grim, be the grim, go reason. be the grim." Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what he did. No, with, he, with, with with like with it seemed like less effort. He was just like, "Okay, Travis, I guess." Yeah. I couldn't believe it because I was like, game over. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Great game, great game. So It speaks to a bigger issue, though, that everybody's been bringing up, like with the overtime rules. Like, do you think it should mimic college where, like, okay, no, no, no. But both people should have a chance to get the ball. Yeah, the other team should have a chance to get the ball. Yeah, they should have a chance to get the ball, right. Well, I mean, basically, well, so here's the argument. They're saying you're deciding the game with a flip of a coin. But you're not deciding the game with a flip of a coin. If your defense comes it comes to play, then they were spent. Ed. Yeah. Both defenses hey, were they spent. Were, they were winded. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's yeah. when you have to rise up. Well, yeah. they, I guess they didn't rise. You got. Because KC went right down. Yeah. Right. I sent y'all a message. I said I thought I, I felt bad because the Bills didn't get in the offense. Then I thought about it. You knew what the terms of the game was. Yes. If you know that overtime is a flip of the coin and whoever wins that coin toss is more than likely going to win that game, then you can't mm-hmm. let that get in overtime. They had a chance to stop them in 13 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then they had a chance to stop in overtime. So, sorry. Mm-hmm. And you don't want teams playing an extra 15, 20, 30 minutes, and then they got to play another game next week in the championship game. Yep. So. So let's talk about these championship games before we get out of here. First game is Sunday, Bengals Chiefs, 3 o'clock p.m. on CBS. Who you got? <laughs> I want the Bengals to win, but I think the Chiefs will. Chiefs? Yeah. My heart is saying uh, Cincinnati, but my head is Chiefs. saying Chiefs. If the Chiefs DBs don't play better than what they played against the Bills. Joe Burrow's going to light them up for 500 yards. And this game can go either way. They need to get Honey Badger back, who left the game early in the uh, first quarter. that was the big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So if they can get him back, I think the Chiefs win. If he doesn't play, the Bengals got a shot. All right. We got the 49ers against the Rams in in, in the nightcap. Uh, who you got? I see. I see you with the Chiefs, sis. 
Uh, I, I want a replay of like um, last year when Tampa Bay played the Super Bowl at home. I want the Rams to play the Super Bowl at home. So, so I'm going with uh, Rams. Well, I've been hollering Stafford and defending him all year, so I got to go LA. I'm going with the 49ers. They have they the Rams haven't beat them this year, so why? Would yeah, I... they have, but it's time. Just like the Saints, the Rams haven't didn't beat them Brady, for the last right? Six times. Yeah, I, and and I think it's the teacher and the pupil. I think Shanahan is. But hold on, that was the same argument between the Bucks and the Saints. They could not beat them in the regular season. But when it mattered, the Bucks shine. I think that same situation is going to happen here. But the Bucks Everybody's going to bring that. Uh, we we still talking about Jimmy G though. He tried to get a game That's to true. Dallas. That's he true. tried to That's get true. a game away last right. week. This week, I think he's going to be successful. I mean, if if Jimmy G to Washington, no Jimmy G. It's over for Jimmy G. If it yeah. wasn't for that 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 dude down in Tennessee, I would be killing Jimmy G. But I can't even say anything about yeah. him. And if Trent Williams, who went out of that game with a sprained ankle, if he doesn't play, and they're saying it's if he plays, if he doesn't play and they got to block that Rams front four, we know all about that. We know all about Trent and his injuries. Mr. Glass. Yeah. (laughs) Jimmy G is going to give him a couple. (laughs) Guaranteed. I think the Rams are going to host the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Real fellas. quick, I'm sorry. I was going to say, ahead. somewhere in America, Baker Mayfield is probably sitting in a like, dark room, like just like, <laughs> 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 like Damn, I couldn't make it work. But OJ, yeah. OBJ is living his best life right now. OBJ man, balling he's doing and him another in the quarterback commercial, good. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baker can't be too mad. He going to make $19 million next year. He'd have made over twenty-five million plus. We ain't even talking about his endorsement money, so yeah, right. he gonna be. Yeah, I love Baker Mayfield. He's great. I'm glad Cleveland drafted him. <laughs> yeah, they got that Steeler, that Steeler love mm-hmm. coming out. All right, fellas, let's get out of here so we can let the professor get on and enjoy his birthday yes, evening. Yes. It is time for our final post. Ed, why don't you start us off? Thanks everyone for tuning in. Again, I just want everybody to stay healthy and be safe out there in the streets. Um, Professor, again, happy birthday. Thank you for Thank uh, you. joining us tonight. Thank the wife. We appreciate her and letting her, you. And letting, letting you uh, jump on tonight. So uh, always a treat. Uh, couldn't have a saint. Couldn't talk about Sean Payton without you. So anyway. Absolutely. Since you up. Um, real quick, just going back to our original um, take um, from earlier. Um, you got like six candidates, right? Six viable candidates right now that are, are, are more than uh, qualified for some head coaching uh, positions. I just want the NFL to do the right thing. Like, come on, man, we can't we can't continue to go down this road and 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 and, and not you know do that. So, and last but not least, again, happy birthday to you, bro, cuz forty five special. Go That's ahead, right. Uh, do it up, man. Be blessed, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah. There are nine head coaching positions open. How many of them going to be filled? We ain't even talking minorities this year. We're we going to get real. How many black coaches going to get hired in nine positions? So Yeah, do the right thing, NFL. Do the right thing. My final post is uh, family. We, 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 we talk about often, but we just want y'all to be safe out there. This, this pandemic is still here with us. I've had, unfortunately, some people that are uh, close and dear to me have recently uh, contracted the virus. Luckily, they're okay. But I've had some um, distant friends that I found out. I have family members that's been in the hospital. One just passed. So please be careful. And we're going to let the last final post be up to the birthday boy. Professor, you got the last post. Thank you, and, and God bless everyone. It certainly does feel good to reach another milestone, another year. And, and my Billy D. Colt 45 voice, <laughs> you're just going to let my hand fall off. But anyway, <laughs> just leaving that out there like that. Since, where did you go, Since? Okay, you oh, still there. Chris, Chrissy and Omar just came, and I had to turn off the camera. Okay, tell them I said hello. So thanks to the fellas. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks to my family. They really made this workday birthday a very and extremely special for me. 
for my closing thought or final post for tonight i just want to remember you know regina king and her family and our prayers she mm -hmm. lost a young son a great and shining star ian alexander you know that that news came across and it was just so heartbreaking because it just brings us back to those moments where we heard about ennis cosby being murdered we heard about scotty pippen's son and we just got to remember to just tell each other we love one another because we don't know when and how you know we'll leave away from here it could be COVID, it could be some tragic circumstance it could be natural causes but the thing that i want to remind folks is that when you reach your next birthday when you reach your next milestone just thank god for it but in the meantime let's just continue to love on one another so god bless you amen appreciate that all right we'd like to thank you all for listening tuning in we appreciate the time and opportunity to share positions on sports with you we're here each and every tuesday 7 p.m me and the fellas, we love doing the show and love bringing our thoughts on sports to you. Um, if you can't catch the live show, you can catch our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, Positions on Sports Talk Show. Just look it up. You can find us. If you like podcasts, whatever podcast platform you like, again, put in Positions on Sports Talk Show. We eventually upload all of our shows there so you can look at some back shows. Please send us your thoughts on what you, how you think the show is, any improvements we can do. And if you like it, please like and subscribe. Subscriptions free. We appreciate the support. And for all the family that chimed in today, my sister, my wife, we had uh, Ed's mom chime in, his cousin, uh, my man Marcus and all that, my brother Guy. We appreciate all y'all. Appreciate the love. We'll see y'all next week, 7 p.m. Tuesday. Peace. Amen. We miss you, J3, J. Wills. J3. See ya. Peace.